Welcome to episode 251 of In Touch by OS, the show that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. I'm your host, Dave Ginsberg, and my guests this week are starting off with Kelly Gomont. So glad to have you back on the show. How are you doing, Kelly? I'm very happy to be here, um, as you can tell, because we all came in chuckling right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty show, having a, a bit of fun, but I'm uh, so glad you're here. And another guest this week, and he just, just made it, and I really appreciate uh, taking the time here this week, is Chuck Joyner. How you doing, Chuck? I'm luscious, David. I'm luscious. Oh, my um, Yes, you are. <laughs> and confirm. No, I, I am great. I'm, I'm so glad I was able to make it. Yes, glad you are here. And he's even sporting a suit this week, so he dressed, He made dressed for the occasion. Uh, and the last but certainly not least, Jeff Gammon is here. Thanks for being here, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. And uh, after the way everything started pre-show, I'm even more surprised that you invite me back every week. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. It, it's always a good thing because we always get some great laughs. But uh uh, yeah, this week we got some new stories. It's a bit of a thin week of stuff to talk about, but uh, I always managed to come up with uh, some things here, some good news stories. Uh, beta was uh, released this week. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, CarPlay. Um, Chuck's here. He just came back from NAB. I'd like to hear a little bit about what he experienced at the past week, last week. And uh, we might talk about a few other things that may not be involved with iPhone or iOS, but that's okay. Um so let's go ahead and get started. The first story I have this week is uh, found this to be interesting. Uh, Microsoft's Phone Link app now available for iOS, so you can use iMessage from a PC. Microsoft is now rolling out an update to the, the Phone Link app that now includes iOS support, which it only never did before. It was uh, only Android, um, and it now allows iPhone owners to connect to their Windows 11 PC and send and receive messages via iMessage, make and receive calls, and see their notifications on their PC or laptop. Uh, Microsoft had been previewing this for a while now, and uh, I'm still not sure that think Microsoft is ever going to do anything good with this. There's going to be some severe limitations. I'll be I'll be honest, uh, 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 because it uh, you're going to be very limited to what you can do with iMessage, and it's very clunky, and there's a bunch of workarounds. But why would you even want to do this in the first place, right, Chuck? Because it's Microsoft. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, the clunky and Microsoft, you know, in the same sentence are, is not an unusual occurrence. Having said that, at least some, and I, and we have, we've talked about this, I think, on all of our shows at one time or another. That you know, kind of why and how is this being done, and how is it being supported officially, unofficially, or sort of somewhere in between. Hey, if, if it's really important to a PC user, at least this way they can be receiving iMessages. So if they want it bad enough and they want to deal with the restrictions or the limitations, great. Yeah. You know, I, it'll be interesting. I think the most interesting thing about this is how long will it last? Yeah, I, I'd be interested to see uh, uh, how, how long it will last, too, because it just doesn't make any sense that Microsoft's even going to be successful with this. I mean, they're, they're, they're late to the game with the, in the mobile world as it is anyway. Um, you know, and they abandoned uh, windows mobile and then, uh, then they were pretty much working Android for a long time. Um, but I just, this doesn't, it just interests me. I don't know. What do you think, uh, Kelly? Well, first of all, what color are the bubbles? That's the only thing 
anybody yeah. really cares about and no probably br- no either bet green it. so if they're green then this then officially i'm gonna go out on a really sturdy limb and call it that this isn't news um however yeah. that said i know a lot of people who find a lot of utility in being able to have text messaging open in a corner of their mac screen uh you know and have it relay through their phone or whatever you know because you can get the green messages even on your computer if you're if if your computer is a mac and there's a lot of utility in that it can be really useful it's a nice way to dash off a quick reply to somebody you know if you need to so if all it is doing is some sort of like magical handoff to be able to make it so that you can see your messages on your computer like first of all i don't know exactly how magical that is uh, so it should have happened sooner. And can and I the thing I don't know is if you can do this with an Android device on Windows. That would also be, you know, pretty useful. I think because, um, like I said, you know, you know, there's a whole lot of opinions about the Mac and its future and all of that. But there's still a whole lot of people that have some kind of computer somewhere in their technological landscape, and those people could really benefit from something like this if they have some sort of mixed environment. So I would like to see it happen for everything, not just uh, not just iPhones and not just iPhones on, you know, that are sitting next to a Mac where everything's signed into the same account or whatever. I would like to see it happen in all the places because that is just a useful thing that honestly, I can't believe hasn't happened sooner. Like you were talking about Microsoft being late, but this is kind of everybody because Android could mm-hmm. be doing it. I don't know if you can do this if you have an Android device and a Chromebook. Like, I don't, I would like to see this happen for everybody and it doesn't seem like it should be that complex. That's why like WhatsApp and things that have like the the desktop component, I know a lot of people who've switched to stuff like that and they've said that they done, they've done so because I can have it on my computer too and that's where, and I can see all my messages everywhere and like having it be ubiquitous is the part that I can't understand why there hasn't been a big push to do something like that for all of them so that everybody's mobile device and computer can work together. I hope so. I want it to work together, but you know, they seem resistant to it. Uh, Everybody is. And I can't figure out what the, if it's because technologically it's hard, if you have to deal with other people's hardware or software, or if it's just nobody feels like it because nobody uses an actual computer anymore or what the deal is. But I wish we could, I wish we knew how hard that actually was to make happen. Uh, if you know, please contact the show because I legitimately am curious. I'm not trying to be facetious about this or anything. Like, I really don't know if it's a really complex right. technical problem and Apple has solved it with, you know, the, the the same kind of stuff that allows handoff and all of that to work. You know, it would be nice if you could do the same thing with all of your stuff and have all your stuff on all your stuff. You know, everything else's value prop is exactly that. Like, Dropbox is so you can have all your stuff on all your stuff. And OneDrive is so you can have all your work stuff on all your work stuff. And, you know, the list goes on. And that's exactly how it seems like everything should work. And at this point, this is one of those things that when this came up, I'm like, I wait a minute, why aren't we doing this already? Why wasn't this a a, a news account from 2013 instead of 2023? Yeah. What do you think, Jeff? I don't love this. I think this is this is really smart and this is really good and I'm really glad Microsoft is doing this. And and I think this plays really well into Microsoft's uh overall strategy which is to be everywhere all the time. And if you know that you have people 
uh, interpersonal settings and business settings that are relying on Apple's iMessage platform, then you need to be there. So it just makes sense that they would do this. As far as why didn't it happen sooner? My guess is that there's a key piece of information that none of us are privy to, and uh, and it has something to do with Microsoft waiting for someone at Apple to go, mm-hmm. and as soon as they got that that subtle little nod, then they're like, okay, let's roll the code. And uh, and then as far as how difficult is this, I don't know, but I do know there are relay services that are out there that will bridge uh, whatever. Um, uh, chat platform thing you're doing with with uh, Apple's message platform, and it's it does involve a level of trust because what you're doing is allowing your messages to live on another company's server, mm-hmm. and so it it's yeah. handling the it's it's becoming basically uh, a Rosetta Stone for your uh, messaging, and uh, and. And as long as I said that, I'm just going to keep rolling. Why don't we have a unified app like we used to, where we can have all of the various chat services that we rely on in a single interface? Do you remember when iChat did that? Holy forking shirtballs. That was awesome. Adium, Mm -hmm. may it rest in peace. I know. I really, really miss Adium because that was exactly what I'm talking about. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I've got another account. Let me just go to ADM and add it. And now I can talk to people. And there you mm-hmm. go. And that was it. Yeah. Maybe I'm stepping I mean, out of bounds here a little bit. Well, you I'll probably go. are, but go ahead. Thank, I'll do thank, good. Thank Let's see what happens. Yeah. Well, there are two points. First of all, um, Kelly, what an amazing coincidence when you ask, you know, what color are the bubbles? That was the name of the dancer in Vegas a couple of weeks ago. Um <laughs> Other than that, okay. So, so seriously, though, he's a really good dancer, by the way. <laughs> he is. He is. Yeah. He was at Magic Gardens here not that long ago. Stole that from right out from under me, Jeff. Um, <laughs> hey, you just set it up. All I had to do is knock it out of the that's, park. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. But no, one thing we haven't talked about though is the differentiator that Apple has in messages from the security standpoint. And that, and so part of me says, okay, Microsoft has figured out a way to do this with or without Apple's help. I don't know. Um, definitely some limitations, but sort of like the question that was asked to Tim Cook, you know, why, sh- why should Apple give up what essentially is a competitive advantage, especially since messages is such a popular platform? And so I don't, you know, would it be nice? Yes. There's no question about it, but I'm not sure that Apple shouldn't be trying to leverage this just as a way to encourage more people to participate because I can receive text messages, SMS messages, just fine with messages. But some of the other, some of the other platforms I can't. Chuck, you inspired me to come up with a great idea. Okay. Okay. So you're right. Why should Apple give away or, or give up a competitive advantage that they have? And the answer is they shouldn't. Why not leverage that competitive advantage for other platforms? Let's say you're on Windows and you want to have end-to-end encrypted iMessage support. That's part of an iCloud subscription for Windows. Oh. Huh? 
Okay. Mm. Okay. Jeff, this this one go, but it gives it goes to a level of technicality that I don't possess. Does that potentially compromise the security of the message that I send to you or to Kelly or to David? Because it's going going through or ending up at in a Windows platform. Um, I don't I don't know. But well, on the Windows side. Who knows? But uh, the the same thing could be said when the message lands on your Mac. If end if someone can get onto is, your Mac, they can get end. to the message. Yeah, like the the technical feat there. I think Jeff, if I'm picking up what you're putting down, and I'm trying real hard to pick up what you're putting down, um, the technical feat there would just be making sure that it's encrypted on a that your your message is encrypted when it gets to Windows. If it's legitimately end to end, then. Yeah, I mean, I could see that being, I could see that totally being a thing that you could do, because um, because end to end encryption doesn't have anything to do with messages. End to end encryption is end to end encryption. Either you have it or you don't. It's you know that piece I know. It's binary. Either it's all the way from one side to the other, or it isn't. Period. So it's possible that that's a thing. Well, you can't say it's end to end encrypted, Chuck, if it's not. If there's a point where it's not. So um, right, but, I I let. Sorry. Encrypted on well, encrypted on a Windows device is is the same thing as encrypted on a Mac. Either it's like I said, it's either an encrypted message or it's not an encrypted message. That's that's all there is to it. There's there's two options. If you say it's end to end, it either is or it isn't. So if that's the case, then that would be a very interesting thing because um I don't remember if Signal and Telegram, which are end-to-end encrypted, I don't remember if they have desktop components or not, uh, counterparts to the to the mobile messaging. Uh, but if they did, then it's not like it's not possible because then if we were using one of those and I was on my Mac, then I could send an encrypted an end-to-end encrypted message to you and you receive it on your work PC and mine is encrypted and yours is encrypted. Now, if you if you don't have a password on that computer and you leave it unlocked all the time, that doesn't mean somebody can't get access to all your goodies. But who's also a very good dancer um who is regularly at Devil's Point. That's another story. Um so the 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 magic of it is just going to be whether or not you can have things be encrypted and I know that you can full there's full disk encryption available for Windows, so it's not like it's impossible to have a modicum of security around that kind of stuff. So um, the the question is whether or not Microsoft's going to let Apple play in that sandbox. And quite honestly, the fact that Microsoft has an ounce of self-awareness and let this turn into a thing is, uh, like Jeff was saying, is is really impressive to me too, that they have finally realized maybe we're not the only game in town. And it turns out that the free world did not buy Windows phones before we pulled all of them off the market. Well, there is there is a thing with Microsoft, the fact that... Uh, they also have been allowing Apple to, to have updates to Apple Music and uh, TV Preview. So the, the, they did release updates to the Apple Music and Apple TV app and the Apple Devices apps for PC users running Windows 11. And there's no Windows to show here. But uh, I think this is important to, to talk about here because uh, last year Microsoft said that Apple Music and Apple TV apps would be coming to the at Microsoft Store in 2023, so, so it can be installed very easily on Windows devices, having a better experience using both Apple Music and Apple TV Plus uh, instead of going to the web. Or even for the worst part of the matter is the Windows iTunes version is still way outdated, and they still continue to update that, which I have no idea why. So uh, they need to replace that. But um, so 
they don't put any, they hadn't really put any release notes of the latest updates. I did, I did try it. I do run Windows 11 in a, in a virtual machine in, in parallels and try it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, it seems like relatively solid. I think this, uh, this update, I tried it and, uh, it's, it's solid, but I think it's smart because now Apple's going to get an even bigger audience for both of their, their media, media consumption with music and, and TV. You know, what do you think, Jeff? This is something I think, micro, like you're talking about, Microsoft is, is, is being smart and getting into this. Yeah, of course it's smart. They're getting into this. It, 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 it goes back to what I said earlier. Microsoft wants to be everywhere. And if you're going to be everywhere, you actually need to proactively go out and make sure that you're in all those places. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chuck, what do you think? Listen, from a Microsoft standpoint, yeah, it, it makes it makes perfect sense. The only thing is that it's a subpar experience. And yeah. so, you know, and I was looking at some of the limitations, one of which is group chats. And and for my money, that's a major limitation. And I don't know, and you've run it, David, so you tell me. If we do a group chat between the, the four of us on the Windows machine, what happens to a message that goes to the group? Does it not get there or does only, you know, one message from one, the first participant um, in the group chat get there? I don't know how it works, but yeah, bottom messages and I, it's hard, hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. But bottom line, it's a subpar experience. And so it still is, is it with the messages? Yes. Yeah. Now, will that improve? I have no idea. You know, Microsoft would be foolish not to, if they can figure out a way to do it. But if you kind of think if they'd have figured out a way to do it, they would have done it in this release. So we shall see. Yeah. Well, we will see. So let's move away from Microsoft. We've been talking way too much about them, honestly. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Apple here. And uh, Apple is soon to be fixing, letting users fix subscription billing issues directly within the apps. Hallelujah. Apple will soon make it possible for users to fix the App Store subscription payment issues and the apps rather than having to go to the device settings and make the necessary changes. Uh, currently, if a third-party app has an issue with auto-renewing subscription, if the payment method is no longer valid, for example, your user must exit out of the app and make the changes uh, in the Apple ID section of the settings app. Uh, the system off, uh, often forces users to take out for subscription and then subscribe again, which causes craziness, but... Uh, I'm I'm glad that they they are finally starting to do some improvements, uh, Kelly, uh, because um, these uh, it always was a bit of big pain with this. Don't you think, Kelly? It really has. Um, and uh, I was ah, where'd it go? I was just looking at this. Um, I was just looking at subscription management stuff um, recently because I was um, trying to review some of the subscriptions I have and make sure that. Um, I'm right. only paying for the stuff that I need to be paying for. Um, <laughs> uh, Cause you know, that's a really nice thing to have. Um, so uh, it's, it's been a giant pain in the neck and I am much happier that there's going to be a better way to handle it. Uh, you know, as more, as, as a lot of things continue to turn toward a subscription in whatever, at whatever amount of money and whatever billing interval they see fit. Uh, it's really nice to be able to not just have, you know, to to try to manage that and actually succeed as opposed to, um, mm, which seems to be the official answer from, from some of them. And <laughs> and it's kind of a pain when you because it's hard to it's hard to track that down a lot of times. And, you know, any any time I've ever had a problem like this and gone and looked for it, 
you know, there's always an, a, a knowledge base article on there in their support section that's like, if it says, hmm, you know, here's what you do and here's some things that you can try kind of, you know, and it's it's sort of a crapshoot to to try and and do the thing that you're trying to do. And so I'm uh, I'm very glad that this this is one of those tiny little updates that's going to make so many things better for so many people that like all of the interactions, you know, with subscriptions and stuff yeah. are going to be a lot smoother. And this is one of those tiny little things that I wish we would get on a more regular basis, you know, finding those things and then filing off those edges like used to be the thing that Apple was was known for was first of all not having so many in the first place, but then also um not making it something that's easier. Like we've discovered this is a problem and now we're going to fix it. And we found a really nice solution and here it is. So. Yeah. Do you guys, any other thoughts on the subscriptions with this? I didn't actually bother to read the article and, uh, and actually I blame <laughs> Kelly because she keeps sending links to other things that I'm compelled <laughs> to to click on. Is this something where developers will have to update their apps to take advantage of this feature? Or is this something that that just happens now? I think it just happens now because uh, uh, it doesn't any, any, I don't see any mention of the, of the discussion of the developer actually has to do something. But uh, Assuming, assuming developers little... don't have to do anything, I'm super excited oh, about on, this. If they actually, do, it says then okay. On the developer website, I'm seeing it. Yeah, there. Uh, the, the developers' website has an actual uh, memo talking about get ready for to help your customers resolve billing issues without leaving your app. Okay. So yes, so I th- so this I think this is in conjunction with Apple and the developer uh, to make this easy with with the whole process. From what it looks like. Just okay. This cool. Just feels, Kelly said it really well. This just feels good. I mean, it's, it's sort of a natural yeah. iteration. It's just a little bit of you know extra wax on the car. Um, and, you know, and so just keep finding those little things that reduce the friction. Yep. Um, next story, emergency SOS via satellite saves students trapped in, in Utah Canyon. The iPhone 14's emergency SOS and, uh, via satellite feature last week saved a trio of students who went uh, can- canyoneering in Utah and got stuck in an area with no cellular signal. Uh, as we know, this was introduced uh, last September for iPhone 14s and uh, the ability to be able to communicate when you get stuck. And there's a lot, I won't go through the whole story, but uh, you know, the students uh, had some symptoms of hypothermia and because of where they were, there was no cellular signal. So they were able to uh, go outside and about every 20 minutes, the satellite would line up to the location. They were able to text 911. And then when they, when they were waiting for emergency services, uh, they were able to leverage leverage themselves out of the deep pool of using a rope, and and they were be able to they were able to get out. So it's uh, good that this happened. Uh, I think it's uh, another another uh, feather in the cap of Apple coming up with this and and uh, saving people's lives with uh, this. And, and you don't hear about these stories too often from anywhere else. Uh, is this a good thing, Chuck? Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, I, I could be smart about it and say the lesson is if you're going to go canyoneering, get yourself an Apple Watch Ultra. Um, but yeah. you know, beyond that, I mean, yeah, of course it is. It's just it just demonstrates the benefits of of an Apple Watch and especially the Ultra, especially if you're going to engage in these kind of activities. That it's not just hype; it really does work. 
Yeah, no, it does. And I guess they said a helicopter crew from Saint Salt Lake City arrived, as well as paramedics from Arizona, and they were all unharmed when they got there. So nice, good news for all. Any other comments on that? Uh, the rest of you. I'm glad to see all it right. works like it like it should. It does what it says on the tin. You know, um, we yeah, got in a place where there was no other reception, and we were still able to get help. So, uh, yeah, I, like. I'm glad to I'm glad to have a report from the field, so to speak, that um, this is a thing that legitimately works for people. And uh, I'm glad that it was easy to use and that it ended up being helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next story, iPhone made up nearly half of the refurbished smartphone sales in 2022. Apple sales of refurbished iPhones saw double digit growth in 2022, further solidifying its dominance in the global market for returned and repackaged smartphones. And this was according to CounterPoint Research. Uh, their, their refurbished sales grew by 16%. It's a 49% share of the market uh, last year, up from 44% in 2021. So that means they're almost half the market Apple's controlling here. And, um, you know, I've I've purchased uh, refurbished in the past. And, and the other good thing is it uh, does, uh, uh, depending on who you buy it from, you can still get Apple Care on, on mm-hmm. a lot of these iPhones. This is a win-win for everybody. Uh, Jeff, what do you think? This statistic does not surprise me at all. The yeah. uh, the lifespan of a of an iPhone versus an Android phone is much longer. Therefore, by just by extension, the refurb market is probably going to be more robust because you will have more phones that are uh, marketable for a longer period of time. So, yeah, there you go. Um, if you want to see Android phones have uh, have that much of a market share in the refurb market, then someone needs to make something that, well, actually, they need to make the iPhone because it's the package deal. It's more than just the hardware. It's how long it's usable and how long you get software updates. Android is usable for two years max, if that, yeah. three years tops. Yeah. Honestly, I was surprised to see the jump. I didn't expect the share to grow like that. Um, like I expected it was a, I sort of always ballparked it at about half the refurb market, uh, just sort of mentally like, you know, it, cause that's kind of what it seems like when I, when I look at, you know, different articles talking about like refurb phones and stuff. So, um, this, you know, maybe this is attributed to like everything being more expensive and a lot of people couldn't get, you know, I think that were up for that. Couldn't yeah. get a phone last fall, you know, or whatever. Um, so, but also I think part of what contributes to that is the number of them available and what makes them available is the people who are leasing them and then turn them in after a year. And, you know, there's still a lot of life in an iPhone 13, even right now, you know, and if you go pick up a refurb 13 right now from somebody who got a new 14 in the fall, then, you know, that's still a really good deal. And that's still a phone that's going to have four or five years worth of, of mileage on it. So I also like that this is uh, keeping a bunch of stuff from going into landfills and all of that, you know, I'm legally obligated to say stuff like that once every podcast because I live in Portland and we're all hippies, right? So I appreciate that this is another way for those phones to continue to be in service and have a longer usable lifespan. Yep, absolutely. Any other thoughts about that? I'm just going to throw in that we've, if you, if, if something happens to your phone, and you have to get a new phone, uh, and let's say it lost or damaged or you know something like that, 
And especially if you are, you know, on the upgrade cycle or whatever, um, you know, I'm not going to go want to go, even if I'm, I'm not going to want a burner phone. I'm going to want an iPhone. If I need a, 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 a stopgap phone, I'm like, I'll go to a refurbished phone. It may not be yeah. quite as good a camera. It may not be quite as powerful as the current one, but the odds are that, you know, it'll be just fine as a stopgap phone. For now. And let, yeah. yeah. And let's not forget that there are plenty of, I mean, the, the 13 was great until the 14 came out. The 12 was great until the 13 came out. <laughs> they're great phones, but they're also great cameras. And so if you, instead of buying, you know, some kind of video camera, if you decide you need a secondary or maybe just a dedicated camera, those are phenomenal cameras. And let's not forget, I'm not sure, Kelly, I'm not sure about you. I know David is. I know I am. We're both running camo. So our phones are our webcams. And they're so much better. I mean, I'm sorry, webcam people, but they're so much better than anything else I've seen out there, including the DSLR I used to use. And, And so... You know, it's like there's so many different uses for these phones, and they're not comp. The use is not use case, unlike iMessage on Windows. The use case is not compromised. Not at all. So I, it it just instead of looking at this as just a phone, we're back to that discussion. This is so much more than a phone. And when you look at right. these things, yeah, it's a refurbished phone. That's the way they categorize the market. But I think there yeah. are a lot of devices being but- bought for a lot of other reasons. They're absolutely not all 100% of that 50% is absolutely not being used as telephone pocket communicators. That's so not happening. Um, they're becoming video cameras, like alternate takes. Um, friend of the show, Brittany Smith, I've seen her set up for her YouTube recordings and stuff. And she has this like armada of of like iPhone sevens that have no no cards in them. They just sit on the Wi-Fi and they've she's got, you know, like remote setup and stuff for them to use them exclusively as cameras. Um, I know someone who has like their, I think it's a seven or an eight that's a document scanner. Like I have to scan a lot of documents. Mm-hmm. And so I have this whole setup, you know, with the mm-hmm. the tripod and the thing in the place with the little outline and just, you know, crank them out. Um, you know, people like iPods, you know, you can't buy, you can't really get an iPod anymore. So if you get one of these that has Wi-Fi access, 128 gigabytes, you know, that's a sweet way to play music if you don't have another option for it. So there's a lot of there are a whole lot of ways that you can do something with an iPhone that does not include making phone calls. Well, and how many of us have seen people pushing around children in strollers with a little iPhone propped up right in front of them? And you're not yep. going to use an iPhone 14 for that. You know, you're going to get something cheap so that when the kid reaches up and grabs it and throws it across the room, that you're <laughs> you're not you know you're not yourself crying. That was my first takeaway from that Utah, from the the, the Canyonero, Canyoneering story. Uh, I even said it in the chat, not to be confused with Canyonero, and then I did it. Um, <laughs> and there it is. And there it is. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, 12 yards long and two lanes wide. Um, uh, who, lets their, who lets their high schooler loose with an iPhone 14? Like, that was my primary question about that entire article. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm um, glad they had it, but... Come on. Anyway. Anybody else? Uh, unless you have any other thoughts on this, I want to move on and get a couple more stories I want to get to before we go on to topics. Uh, 
quickly, uh, Apple Card. So another reason why it pays to have the Apple Card. There's a promo for offering 5% cash back on grocery store purchases. The one caveat is it's uh, it's only being uh, certain people are being invited to it. I did not get invited to it. Uh, there is even an update in the, in the story saying that then they might be even offering something like 10% to some. Uh, so, but I haven't seen this yet. So I don't know if you guys have gotten any emails. How do you know you got invited? Do you have Apple Cards? You get an email. Oh. They'll tell you. They'll tell you. Um, just like uh, we'll talk about pay, pay later in a minute here. Um, so keep an eye out on that. Uh, you know, We already know all the great uh, rewards for you getting the 3% back on Walgreens and Panera and a lot of other uh, – uh, a lot of other stores and places to eat. So uh, keep keep an eye out for your email, see if you get anything uh, on that. And then the uh, last story here real quick I want to talk about is YouTube Music is now gaining audio podcasts on iOS and the web. Google announced this actually today as we record this, uh, that YouTube Music on the web and the music app on iOS will, the devices will now offer podcasts in the United States. So users who watch podcasts through the main YouTube app can now continue to listen to them through app YouTube Music. Uh, as we noted, uh, podcasts on YouTube are, are free uh, with no premium subscription required, and they're available on on demand and on offline. Um, there's an explore feature, so it looks like Google is looking to expand podcasts in YouTube Music, and who knows what's going to happen to the Google Podcasts app or the Google Podcasts. Uh, uh, where you can uh, be listed there and find podcasts. So this is definitely interesting where Apple, I mean, Apple, YouTube is going, Google, uh, with this. Anybody any comments on that? Yep. <laughs> yes. Thought, Jeff, Why did it take them so long to do this? I know. Exactly. YouTube isn't a place or is, or is not being positioned as a place where you go and watch a video. YouTube is being positioned as a platform. It's where you go and stay. Therefore, if you want people to stay, give them everything that they would otherwise leave for, which means give them full, easy access to all the podcast content that they would otherwise be uh, getting somewhere else. They should have done this a long time ago. And I've been doing audio on YouTube for forever. And, you know, you have the option to listen to it using your YouTube app to listen to it, my, our podcast here. But I know a lot of others do that. And I'm not, I'm not the only one, as well as video podcasts, too. Mm-hmm. Um, why not make it easier to find things? You know, it's like another pl- place that uh, us podcasters mm-hmm. like to, to have uh, well, to, to be able to put our content out there. It's been how many years now that how many years ago that we've discovered that YouTube was the second big, just biggest search engine in the world? Like, and then it turned into the biggest search engine at some yeah. point. Yeah. It yeah. does. Because yeah. And I mean, and that was, from, that from was YouTube, way so. before anybody was doing stuff like, I'm just going to paste my cover art there and share all my podcasts on YouTube or do like this and, you know, live stream it on YouTube and leave it there for people who want to listen to that. And, you know, watch as many faces at each other as we try to crack each other up in zoom chat or something. But there's it, it, I can't, again, yeah, why why did this take so long? That seems to be the the overall theme for today's show. <laughs> it's it's probably, and I, th- this is a serious comment. It's probably someone at a high level who just is thinking in a very linear fashion that YouTube is video, and okay, we swung the needle a little bit now. YouTube may be streaming streaming video 
from the, the networks or streaming video from some of the streaming services with YouTube TV. And they never, they're just getting around to swinging the needle far enough over to say, you know what, maybe we should get into audio too. Now you can come back at me and say, well, what about, you know, the music on YouTube? And you're absolutely right. But podcasts have always been this weird little thing in between that is it, folks are just figuring out what exactly they are. In fact, mm -hmm. I know yep. I know one company that claims they are producing a podcast and it is a video on Vimeo. That's it. That would be the opposite. Yeah, that's not a podcast. <laughs> That's but, not a podcast. But not but to, in any, to the, not right, in but any to, definition. To, yeah. Right. But to their way of thinking, it's you know, low production, limited audience, very narrow for focus, therefore it's a podcast. No. That is literally not the definition of a podcast. I do Amen. not think it means what you think it means. Yes, right. exactly. Exactly. But you know, at the same time, I kind of take it as a good thing in some ways, because sooner or later, somebody's going to say, excuse me, that's not quite right. You know, that's that's a little video show that you're producing, you know, for a limited audience. But if you really want it to be a podcast, here are the two or three things that you need to do. And then it can be a real podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um all right, let's go into the topics for this week. Uh, beta, iOS 16.5 Beta 3 was released this week as we record. Uh, not really much to report. Uh, still has basically the same updates that we've been talking about the last few weeks. Um, I've got this feeling this is probably going to be uh, near the near final if they, unless they have a uh, .6 uh, version for iOS and iPadOS. Uh, WatchOS 9.5 is, is out. That's a... Uh, Beta three as well as TVOS. Um, you know, a uh, few you do dabble in beta. I, I just installed it on this iPhone and on the iPad. I haven't really noticed much difference in the last couple betas. Have you seen anything, Jeff? Um, my schedule's been so wonky that I am not kidding you. Yeah. The not the tight. new update finished installing as I was connecting into the podcast tonight. So what I can tell you is that my sacrificial iPad was not sacrificed. It appears to be a functional <laughs> device. That's good. Any other comments on that? I don't know if you're running the beta, Kelly. Uh, I'm not at this time. Um, I okay. usually have something that's running something. Um, right now, I don't have anything that's that's on beta. And I haven't updated to the 16.5. Um, <clears throat> I usually, like my personal interest tails off a lot after we get the e-release or whatever it's called the you know the spring release um right. which in this case is 0.4 um so because after that it's just sort of um we we found something kind of serious or we've we've finished some tiny little thing uh to clear the decks for dub dub and so um there's usually nothing very exciting that comes out after that e-release so i don't usually care that much after that <laughs> Okay. Till we get the one, uh, till we get the first digit upgrade, you know, for the next one. Let, so, yep. Let, let's hope it's, it'll be out soon here. Um, all right. So, next story I want to talk about. We did cover uh, Apple's, the new Apple savings account that came out last week, last week, an uh, episode 250. Uh, but I wanted to also talk about because this got, uh, we found out about this a little later, even though this press release, which was interesting, was uh, dated March 28th, where 
you know, we're on April 27th here, so it it's, apparently it was announced a, f- a few weeks ago, but only, I guess, certain people got inv- invita- in- invitations because we talked about, uh, actually, we talked about us Mag Voices, that, that the fact that some of us got invitations, I was able to sign it up for it, but um, a, few, a few others were not. But what it is, is it is Apple Pay Later. Uh, it's designed uh, for financial health of mine. So it allows you to be able to split purchases is purchases into four main payments from $50 all the way up to a thousand dollars without taking any hit on your credit. Um, you just set it up right in the app and, uh, it gets approved pretty much immediately. I mean, they're, like I said, they aren't checking your credit, but I think they have knowledge of your credit worthiness. Um, but I did sign up for it and I did get an invitation and it showed up right in the wallet apps as uh, Apple pay later. And you just sign up for it within about a minute. I had it all set up, and I I put the max in a thousand dollars, and so okay, you got this ready. So you were able to purchase an Apple product and pay you know for equal payments to it. Um, some people like to do like this instead of applying for a loan or getting or going get, getting taking a hit on your credit. Um, and some people just like okay, uh, I don't need this because you know I've, I've got we've got I've got an Apple Card as well, which I can do payments, which I've done on many products in the past. I think still have an iPhone I'm paying about paying off so. Um, uh, so, uh, it's, uh, definitely something, uh, that I think Apple's smart in. We also found out that is, it is set up as a Apple financial LLC and it's not completely conjunctured with, uh, with Goldman Sachs who backs up the Apple card. So, uh, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. Um, anybody have any comments about that? Apple wants in financial services. They're, they're yep. they're coming in in from a variety of different angles. Yeah, absolutely. So we've seen a lot of pay later. There's um, the one that starts with a right. K that you see on everything. That's like this is eight ninety nine, but you could pay two dollars a month for four months or whatever with the thing that starts with a K, right? But the thing that wasn't clear to me on this is uh, what you do with it. Like, is it for anything where you use Apple Pay, or is it? And then, like, once you set it up, is it like I, I'm going to go use Apple Pay and buy new stuff from Nomad because they're having a sale right now. And when I go to hit the Apple Pay button, it goes, do you want to pay this all at once or do you want to break it out? Um, like the thing I wasn't sure about with this, honestly, was the mechanics of it. Like, what what can I buy and break out monthly over it, you know, and and what the process looks like if you do that. So, <clears throat> All they've said yeah, now I, is that it's a thing. And I'm like, okay, tell me about the thing. And like, it's a thing. And that's like all I've gotten so far. Yeah, it hasn't mentioned. It, didn't do, it just says you can purchase. I don't know if you can buy something other than an Apple product. Um, I'm thinking it, it is an Apple product, but you're, you're right. It's not very clear. Because it doesn't huh. say like I even for Apple products. That. Yeah, and you don't. Yeah, neither. You don't. It, it doesn't say. You know, it's built into wallets so you can buy all your Apple stuff on monthly installments or anything like that. So um, that was the thing I was wondering about. Is it, you know, if I if I go shop at Nomad, if I go shop at some other place, um, you know, or if I'm at the if I'm out and about and I want to go drop a bunch of money on something uh, and they take Apple Pay, can I chunk it out that way? Like they didn't. That part is in clear, so I'm 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 looking forward to the reports of people who actually have it, saying, here, you know, I bought a thing and I, I made it two payments so that I could just see how it would work, and you know, here's what happened. Yep, absolutely. 
It sounds really oh. weird to go. Okay, so it's Apple Pay. Like, can you, you know, it's it's a thing from Apple, so you can buy stuff. But like, what do you do? And like, there's no more information in it than you can buy stuff. Um. All right. Um. Don't uh, we can move on here. We're gonna uh before I move on, uh, make sure everybody knows that we are we have to do a live chat at uh, uh, YouTube.com slash in touch with iOS. Want to say give a shout out to Guy Searle. Get well soon. We miss you, buddy. I know you're having some health issues going on, but uh, we're glad uh, you're here and um, talking to us. And hopefully, we will have you back on the show soon. Um. So. Uh, Chuck, you brought about this up pre-show, and I wanted to actually address it a little bit here. Uh, we did talk about the Apple Savings uh, account last week, and it's a you know it's a great experience. You get four point one five APY uh, on the on the interest rate, and uh, but uh, you had a bit of a challenge. You're saying with uh, with bank accounts, right? Yeah. Um, so let me take you through it very quickly um, because I, when it works, it it's fine. But I'm not sure what's going on. So. I have an Apple card, right? And I have to pay off my Apple card. So I have it connected to my bank account. Signed up, you know, obviously I have money going into Apple Cash and I've just let it accumulate there for a while. So when when the savings account came along, it's like, great. Um, so I've put my Apple Cash into the savings account, no problem. But then I wanted to transfer some money from my bank account over. And what happened? I happily, I looked at the account number that I would be transferring. Let's see. I'm I'm saying this. Yes, I said that. No, I said it wrong. I wanted to send my my Apple Cash to to my bank account. The bank account number that was listed in Apple Cash was not the same bank account that I used to pay off my Apple card. In fact, it's a number that I did not recognize at all. I called Apple. They couldn't tell me, A, where it came from, or B, you know, I mean, and and by the way, the bank name listed was correct. It was just the account mm-hmm. number that didn't look right. The routing number was correct. The account number was not right. I called my bank and they said, not only do you not have an account with that number, you've never had an account with that number. It's like, yeah, well, that's what I thought, but I wanted to check with you guys. So went back to, to Apple and they said, okay, just delete the account, put your correct bank account, bank information in, and then you can transfer back and forth. I did that, and then I took money from my bank account and moved it over to Apple Cash. It moved over fine, just great. So today I went in to move more money from my bank over to Apple Cash, or to, excuse me, I'm saying that wrong, to Apple Savings. And I got a note saying, you can't do this. The bank account information is completely gone. And it said, you need to have a debit card to move money over. That makes no sense. Well, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, so the, the transfer from the bank back over to the Apple Savings account worked once, but why isn't it working again? And I can't even find the option that was there to add my correct bank account information. So I don't know <laughs> if any of you have had any any experience like this because I, I mean, no. it's it's not a big deal, and I know that things are new here, so. Um, I, I'm going to give give them a call and see what the deal is, but maybe someone here has had some experience. I have. Well, not. I just checked all my bank accounts, and and it uh, and all the bank accounts are set, and I've tr- I've tried each one of them, and I was able to transfer there uh, to and from them without 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 a problem. Check, but they don't need. I don't. I don't have a debit card, so go, go ahead, Chad. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I have a hypothesis, Chuck. 
Um, go in to your Apple Pay Cash settings or your Apple Pay settings. Right. Make sure you have a debit card there assigned to Apple Pay Cash and see if that fixes the problem. Because if you're doing Apple Pay Cash, you have to do it with a debit card. Yeah. So maybe there's some stupid bug in their system oh, where it's not yeah. recognizing the debit card attached to Apple Pay Cash. And so it's just not working. Okay, that's a I can't do it because my phone is being used as my camera right now, but I will check that. Yeah. That's a really good thought, Jeff. That's a really good thought. That is good. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, because right, you have you have to have a debit card linked to the cash card or the yeah. savings account. You shouldn't have to. Good point. Yeah. So, okay. I can't remember. Yeah, I I was wondering if maybe the reason that your bank number was funny was because like it was using the debit card because it's always a fake credit card number when you're right. Right. Um, when you're doing that. So that's why I was, that's what I was wondering is if maybe it was picking up bad info from, from that instead. somehow. Kelly, that's an interesting point, but if that were the case that, well, you know what, you may have something there No, because it it was showing, it could still be a bug that it's showing you the wrong information in the wrong spot because the routing number is different from an account number. And so maybe it was showing, you know, the wrong thing. Uh, that was the only thing I was thinking of is that maybe it's just picking up like the Apple pay card number when that's not really a card number. You know what I mean? So that was why yeah. I was wondering. No, that's, that's a real good thought. I mean, that's, it's a bug, not a feature. It's a feature, not a bug. So yeah. <laughs> it's from a certain point of view. Yeah. <laughs> other than, I mean, other than that, I, you know, the money moved over in a, in a timely fashion, you know, going both directions and it's been fine. So there's just there's just these couple weird little hiccups that I just yeah, want to make okay. sure. And and when yeah. we're talk when you're talking about debit cards, you know, I mean, right. that's always something that you get a little touchy about because theoretically yeah. you're opening up your entire bank balance to something. Yeah. Yeah, I try try not to use debit cards these days. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so let me. Uh, I want to move on to a different topic here. Uh, been a couple stories here. Apple actually responded to the CarPlay and GM, which we've had some plenty of uh, discussion about here. Um, and what did Apple do? They just said, uh, "Here, we have we have, uh, we have uh, eight, over eight hundred cars that actually have um, the models to choose from, and it's easier <laughs> than ever to find a vehicle that works with CarPlay." <laughs> so th- that 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 was their way of going back and saying, "Hey, this is uh, uh, this is a." Uh, not a problem here. And and they have a whole long list of all kinds of cars that actually have uh, it available. So uh, I thought that I uh, found that to be interesting. And mm-hmm. I know Jeff, you had, you, you, you had thoughts about this. And, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man. Do you like, do you like Apple's response on this? That's I guess my question. I, I think Apple's response um, when, when you, when you parse it all out, um, with without having to um, to put you in a position where where you have to edit, Apple's basically saying fork those guys, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and you know I, I'm okay with that because um, the the whole thing GM is doing. I know this this comes as a shock to you that I that I have an opinion on this. GM is is taking a very myopic approach. Towards yeah. uh, towards increasing their bottom line at the expense of their customers, and the customers where it actually matters, they will not stay. 
I thought of yep. another thing about this the other day. <laughs> okay, so let's say you, you, you're like, ah, screw it, I don't need CarPlay. I'm going to go ahead and and get get GM's uh, 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 car dumpster, whatever they're going to call their thing, dumpster play. That's it, dumpster play. Yeah, and uh, and so you set it all up. It has all of your data in there, and then someone steals your car. Mm-hmm. Huh. Now they've got all your data. Yes, they do. Fork those guys. So take yeah. a look. I, I I put a couple links to articles as well as uh, Apple's great list of every available model that has CarPlay. And then you have over eight hundred to choose from. Here's so the here's the the two problem. The two things here that I think are really interesting. First of all, is GM saying why should we use CarPlay? Why should we let people have our CarPlay for free? when we could be charging money for that sort of thing. First of all, um, I have uh, some choice selections from Roy Kent's vocabulary for how well that's ever gone for anyone in the history of automobiles. <laughs> and to think that any, you couldn't pay me to use most of those systems. And now you want me to pay you for, no, sweetie, no, yeah, that's not how heart. any of this works. Bless your heart. Lord love you for trying, which is another one I like a lot. Um, <laughs> And the reason that I'm even more confused by this is because Apple now also does the car key with your phone where you go up and bonk the thing on the thing and now your car's unlocked. And if you're going to, I mean, aside from like wireless CarPlay, which is even better. And now not only can you use, can you play all the music off your phone and, you know, take a conference call while you're driving to, to Voodoo Donut or whatever, um, you, you can... You can also use it to unlock your car and that's just going to be even better. And like, I'm certain that there's going to be an Android version of this at some point in the future, like Google IO is breathing down our necks. So it's entirely possible. We will see something like that this year from them. And so when I can take my phone and unlock my car and make it more fun to drive with my own personal soundtrack, I have several playlists for driving. It depends where I'm driving. It depends if it's sunny or not. It's a whole thing. I've completely overthought. You're welcome. Um, this is really this is a huge, huge thing that I cannot believe GM is just forsaking because they want a tiny bit more money for the car that, you know, like we think we can monetize people even more. And I know it's a snarky thing to say on the Internet, you know, in this economy. But seriously, in this economy, you think you're going to get people to to a buy a new gas powered automobile B not be able to hook their phone up to it and see you're then also going to charge them additional money for stuff that they could literally be getting for free from someone else. Who's also going to give them more features like, Oh yeah. And your phone can unlock your car for you. Like how, what's the next huge press release we're going to see from GM. We've got, we've got tires now that are square. I mean, what? The bike with the square tires. <laughs> oh, Thump, I'll, thump, I'll just thump, stop thump. because I'll take us down a, another rabbit hole. Yeah, that's not go there. <laughs> you know, go ahead, this may surprise you. Um, I would be a lot less critical of GM if they said they were going to offer CarPlay and and require a subscription to it. But to just say, no, you're going to take what we like and shove it down our throats. No, mm-hmm. you know, no. I mean, and again, Depending on who you are and what you do, the the entertainment system of your vehicle may not be 
a significant part of your buying decision? I think it is because I spend a lot of time in the car and the experience yep. with CarPlay is superior to anything that I've I've seen. The and first so, time yeah. you use a car where you've chosen poorly for that system, it becomes a huge deal. If you are a person who doesn't care now, it's because you never had a car where you connected your phone to Bluetooth and every time you got a new phone, it hated you in a different way. Or yes. you tried to use <laughs> you tried to use some other sort of system and it failed you. And you tried to do whatever Ford's nonsense was with BlackBerry that they put in cars for like 20 minutes a few years ago. Yeah. And like yeah. the entire thing was just a dumpster fire or, um, you know, security that that happened. Like there's, you know, security updates that that end up, you know, you have to take your car into the dealership. And they have to like update the software in your car. Like if you've never if you've ever had one of those experiences then the first thing you are looking at is which trim package gives me CarPlay or gives me Android Auto, which is also not a terrible experience. And you don't have to go through all the gyration of all that stuff. Recently, I was on a trip and the car that we rented had CarPlay in it, which means I was renting and I didn't have to do anything. All I did was plug in my phone. Yep. And when I said I needed maps to the place, it was on the screen. She talked to me. And that was it. That was all I had to do. I didn't have to sit there in the parking lot when I picked up the rental car and do the Bluetooth dance and all the things. No, I just plugged in a cable and moved on with my life. And if I'd had a car, if I'd rented, you know, the next income bracket up, I probably could have got a wireless one where I just set my phone down and could do the same thing. But the fact remains, there was nothing. I didn't have to do anything in order to make that work. And it was awesome. Yeah. So, all right. I want to hit two two pieces here um, on this. And the first one is we don't know if GM is going to require a subscription to their own dumpster play. So <laughs> that, and I am adopting that, Jeff. I love that. Delightful. Um, feel free. So, you know, okay. And if, and if they are going to do that, then why wouldn't they offer CarPlay for the same price? And just, you know, other than the fact that Apple might argue with them and want to take 30%. Um, more, but but shift it around and say, let's just assume for a second that dumpster play comes free, and then Jeff, your point about you know somebody steals a car, they've got all your information. How much is my information worth to GM that they would risk alienating people who have the most popular phone out there? Well, in their from their perspective, they are not alienating; they're offering you a new and better choice well not even choice but a new and better platform and prove it, uh, prove it to me and i'm and and, and who, look i'm not opposed to the possibility it just seems very unlikely given everything that every car manufacturer has done up to this point <laughs> oh i i agree completely agree i agree yeah Thanks. i mean yeah dumpster play is uh is i think it's aptly named the fact that it's not a trim that. level option is the part that baffles me. Like if you want the unbelievably expensive trim package with the rust undercoating and the Harman Kardon speakers or the Bowers and Wilkins speakers or, you know, whatever and on and on. If you want that one that like doubles the price of the car, maybe you can get CarPlay that way. But to take away the choice is the part that I find the most baffling. You know, mm-hmm. you can, you can. You it's can not baffling now. at all. Well, yeah. As a okay. thinking person, Jeff, I disagree. As an auto executive, Fair. I couldn't tell you because that's not the, that's not the seat I sit in. 
Okay. So, so yes, absolutely valid. Um, yeah. I mean, the thing is, if you give people a choice, they're ultimately going to choose the thing that they're not having to pay extra for works reliably and they already are familiar with it versus the thing that's going to be hobbled unless you pay subscriptions. And even when you're paying all this extra money, you're going to be getting an inferior experience. Why would people go for that? Well, if it's the only option, they're more likely to go for that. Yeah, Jeff, I agree with you. But you know, look, I want to be fair to GM or as fair as we can be given how stupid they're being. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I we don't know exactly what they're you know, they've alluded to the fact that they're not taking advantage of subscription opportunities. So Oh no, they made it very no, clear that they see exactly subscription what it as the future oh, for this. Oh, okay. Then I then I read a different article. So if that's the case then just give me what I want. And and if you charge me for it and I really love your car, then, okay, you know, at least I'll, I'll, I'll suck it up and buy it. Yeah. Because in the grand scheme yeah. of things, three, four, five, six years of CarPlay at a re- any kind of reasonable subscription rate is not a big chunk of my car purchase. And I'd pay so, it. Yes, exactly. But instead, so if, so if you're trying to tell me you're going to monetize dumpster play, and I didn't want it in the first place. Nah. Yeah. Right. Or, mm-hmm. or what, we're going to give it to you and we're going to charge you for it on a recurring basis. And you're going to have my information that I may right. or may not be anxious to give you. Mm-hmm. And there's the, there's the key right there. And we already know on top of how, yeah. 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 We already know how on top of security car manufacturers are. Good point. Yeah. One of my one of my favorite stories to back that up is the reporter that wrote the whole thing about how he let hackers remotely take over his Jeep from halfway across the country, and it freaked the crap out of him because all mm-hmm. of a sudden he had no control over the car. Yep. Holy crap! And car manufacturers yeah. are okay with stuff like this. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's a whole other story. Is, I'm curious: is anybody here? I this is a sidebar, but does anybody use any of the, uh, the, the plug-in devices from their insurance companies to reduce their rates? No, I would switch companies. If my insurance provider said, you need to plug this into your car for a better rate. I, I would be gone. I would cancel my policy that day. Same. I, my my agent asked and I told him, do you, you want to save some money? You can do no, no, thanks. There's no way. (laughs) First of all, there's no way I can save any money. I don't go anywhere. I cannot (laughs) stress this enough. That too, and and I agree with that. Even though I'm I work in the industry, as the, well as I do. For for me, I don't see the discount that I would get on my car insurance yeah. as worth giving up that information. When I drive, mm-hmm. where I drive, how I drive, how many people are in the car with me, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, give me a fifty percent, right. sixty, seventy, eighty percent. Yeah, we'll talk about it. I wouldn't even do it for that. As soon as they ask me to plug a thing into the car, or if they require it, nope, I'm out. Nope. Done. It, it, they, they could say, Jeff, we will give you free insurance. All you have to do is plug this into your car. I will go somewhere else where I pay for insurance and don't plug the thing into the car. That That's how militant my stance is on this. I have that's something a, free for you too. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting, Jeff. That's that's. Uh, I, I've I've not heard anybody state it quite that strongly. I I would never. 
I will never. never. You can offer. And as long as I'm given the option to politely decline, I will continue to pay you. And as soon as you tell me it is no longer an option, then you are no longer my insurance company at the end. Hmm. I won't. I, I'm well, Jeff, apparently too. I think I can speak for my fellow weirdo here. Um, I'm the weirdo that goes, what are you doing with my data? If I give it to you, what, what exactly are you asking for? And what are you going to do with it? If I give it to you and I don't think either of those are unreasonable questions, but I find that the answer to me, and I don't care most of the time, but to me, the answer a lot of times is really not an acceptable answer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a reason I'm not on TikTok. There's a reason I really wasn't on Snapchat because for, for the same kinds of reasons. And it's it's something that a lot of people don't care about until they care. And I guess I just hit that point a lot sooner than a lot of people and so I want to know, what are you doing with, with the information that I give you? And like the, you know, I cheered and cheered for ages about the, the privacy label stuff that they do on the app store because a camera app shouldn't need access to my contacts. And you should have nope. to tell me up front that that's what you want. And, you know, a barcode scanner shouldn't need my location, you know, things like that. And making right. those things clear up front, you know, it's an informed decision. You can still decide whatever you want to. It just gives me the opportunity to decide I'm not going to give some I'm not going to give my information to some place that is also very hand wavy in their agreement about what happens to the data that I give them. Yeah. Not happening. All right. Um before we wrap up here, I want I want to chuck if you could give us a bit of a recap I'll uh, be brief whatever you choose to what uh, what stood out uh, in, in at NAB this this year if anybody's not familiar NAB the National Association of Broadcasters show it was their 100th anniversary, right? So uh, so that's huge and uh it's it's kind of an interesting show and uh, I'd like to I know I know you're everybody can obviously go to macvoices.com and see all your great interviews that will be coming up already you've already released a couple already so uh but would love to hear uh, how how your impressions were coming back after you know it's been what three years since uh, the, the last live the live show you went to yeah since the one I, I mean they had it no it was last year was the first time back the first oh, okay. oh and you went yeah and That's I went right. but the show was greatly was greatly reduced right this because year COVID, it, right. yeah this year it felt like it really was back um, still some folks missing that had been there before uh, yeah. one trend I saw was that. Folks that had had a much larger booth before had much, much smaller booths. If they had good products, they were mobbed and they really needed a larger booth. So it'll be interesting to see how that trend develops. Um, it, the, they did announce that the uh, attendance, the official attendance was 65,000, which is still substantially what it under what it was pre pandemic. It's still great. Yeah. Well, it's still great. And it's absolutely was a worthwhile show for me to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say it, it felt like another one of those iteration years with the exception of one product. And I'm sorry, I, I don't have the, the gentleman's card here, but it's a sound design software that is super affordable. In fact, I think there's a free version. If nothing else, you can try it free for a protracted period of time. And it's the easiest explanation I can give to you is that it lets you control a variety of aspects of the sound. For example, if I were to shoot a gun into the at the microphone, okay, you can take that sound and you can make it sound like it happened right beside your head, or it happened across the room, or it happened, you know, in a warehouse down the street. Whoa. You can take that same file and apply those those modifications to it. And 
that's just a simple example, but they had it so that you could do all kind of action filmy audio or realistic audio. And so it it it, it was a blast to listen to, to watch and play with it. And I'm I'm anxious to play with it myself. Um, that was probably the coolest thing I saw. Uh, a lot of other great products that are just getting a little bit better. Um, Jeff and I have had this conversation. AI editing is not quite there. Transcription editing is very much a thing now, but AI editing is not quite there yet. Uh, one company I talked to has in, that is uh, they take your all your back catalog and organize it. Well, they've added AI to it, so now that if David had all of his shows um, cataloged in this software, he can search for particular comments or you know whatever and it will look in there and it will give him not only the clip but exactly the time code in the clip where that that was said and you can only imagine what that will do for news services and other other professional yeah. operations <laughs> you know, wow yeah, that that they they will be able to make much better use of their back catalog um one thing i i have to say since kelly brought up roy kent um David, I'm going to post this in our <laughs> yeah. Our I'll chat. put that link. Yeah, I want everybody to read the, the Brett Goldstein that was interviewed. Yeah, well, he was. It was. He, it was a feature session. Um, oh, right. The, they were both. Yeah, the main stage yeah. was in the North <gasps> Hall, and Brett uh, Brett did a session that was talking about the creative process. I'm not one to chase celebrities. You know, it's like big deal. But I was I was really curious about this. Both because of of Brett as Roy Kent, and also because he was talking about the creative process. Happily, NAB released the video of it, and I just gave David a link that he'll put in the show notes, where you can right. go. I would, if you're interested, I would go sooner rather than later. I don't know how long they'll keep it live, but it was a very enjoyable hour, a, fu- a fun hour. I don't think I looked at my yeah, watch once. He, he yeah, seems like very, an very... absolute delight in everything I've ever seen him do so i can't imagine this would be much different so yeah it 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 really was and in fact it made me want to go because he he's work he's one of the writers on shrinking yes Um, shrinking as well as retail lasso of course yeah yeah and i had up up until this this uh that 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 presentation i had no interest in shrinking it just didn't sound like a show i'd be at all interested in (laughs) it really doesn't and you could be very wrong i'm only partway through it i haven't made it all the way through yet but yeah. yeah Well, he to talks be fair, about Ted Lasso didn't sound like a show we would be interested in either. Oh, yeah. Well, but and I'm not going to spoil it. I love it. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil no. it. You guys could show, go and listen. But the way he described how shrinking came about made me say, "Yeah, there's at least part of that that I think I would enjoy." So, yeah, I, you know, I wouldn't. It's well worth an hour of your time if you yes. if you like Brett yeah. or the the Roy Kent character at all. Yeah. Beyond that, um, the one other thing I definitely want to plug though is post production world. Um, that's I kind of split my time between classes in post production world and the show floor mm-hmm. because there were just so many great things. I got to see Doc Rock for the first time ever in person. I got to to meet him in what? person. Wow! You, wow! Really? Yeah. In, in spite of being on how many hundreds of podcasts with him, blowing my Network. mind right now. Yeah, but we had all hung out together at some point. Nope. Nope. How did and, I not? Wow. Adamari yeah. Damacy, you into the middle of one of those Macworld shenanigans. I have no idea. Or at least I didn't, you know, at that point, I didn't know Doc. Um, 
Frederick Van Johnson did a, a fantastic session that I got so much He's out of. Lovely. Abba Shapiro did a great yeah. session that I got a lot out of. I have I have ridiculous amount of notes that I need to go back back through. <laughs> you know, new tools, new new techniques. So if That's if great. you are interested in video production, it's not an inexpensive. The, the post production world track is not inexpensive, but it is. I, I think it's going to be absolutely worth it. NAB. Yeah, it's it's a very. I mean, you can buy a ticket and get walk into NAB, and it's a pretty affordable ticket. Mm-hmm. Vegas hotels are not affordable, <laughs> so it's still going to be an expensive trip for you. But if you're into it, uh, you know it's it's a it's a great it's a great time. It really is. I would encourage anybody mm-hmm. to uh, to experience it just once. And you've been going for quite a few years, forever. And you've yeah, given, given us some great some great content uh, mm-hmm. uh, when you to talk to people there. So. It's but, definitely uh, not. It's not a CES, but it's 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 something that's a little different. Yeah, well, it's, it's more again, specific. It's 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 more specific, but yeah. it's it's interesting to see how many business solutions are, are or are being portrayed as business solutions that previously would have just been media solutions, and now media mm-hmm. is becoming integrated into those business products. And yeah. so you know, yeah, it's what can I say? I'm, it, I I definitely enjoy geeking out there too. It's cool. So great. Oh, thanks for sharing with that. And uh, before we wrap up, I want to make sure that we, uh, I'm going to be talking about this until it happens. And that's Mac stock. Uh, Mac stock is going to, Mac stock seven is here. Um, the tickets are now on sale and the speaker list has been uh, filling up. It's, it's actually, I believe it's all filled up now. I'll be speaking. Uh, Jeff, Jeff Gamma will be speaking. Brittany Smith is going to be speaking for the yes. first time. I'm going to get to meet her in person for the first so time. I'm exciting. so excited. And Jeff Gamut is also speaking for, mm-hmm. and it's been a long time. So, uh, and then of course this guy, Chuck Joyner, he's speaking too, but. Sounds sketchy. No, yeah, really? yeah. Um, have you, have you decided your topic yet, Chuck? Are you, have you announced that or is that still I, in work? I've in not, works? I've not announced it because I know what I'm going to be talking about. I just haven't titled it yet. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, I'll be doing iCloud demystified and, uh, uh Jeff and you, what, what were you going to speak about? I'm talking about everything you need to know about high-res audio. Yeah, I can't wait to listen to that. Uh, uh, I know, Kelly. I, I'm still uh, working on, on peer pressuring you into arranging yes. your flights so you can come I'd, join us. You know, I'd even be your travel agent and get it done. Well, there you go. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Just to get you to be with let us. Me, <laughs> let, me, let me see what I can do because – the thing I need to warn all of you about is that if this does happen, there will be many ferocious hugs happening and, <laughs> you know, around the knees because I got to make the short joke. But, uh, yeah, it's a it's a whole thing. Yeah. So. No, and, and, that, and that's the great thing about Mac stock is that we have so many friends and, so and there's going to be, and there be new, 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 and people, new people you'll meet for the first time. You it's, can network. It's a really nice thing. All, all the speakers are approachable as we are. And, and, uh, and you can come ask any questions. So we're all very knowledgeable and we enjoy sharing our knowledge to everybody. And I think this is going to be probably one of the biggest of, of them that it's mm-hmm. been in a really long time. So, and I've, as, as everybody knows, I've, I've spoken in at, uh, all of them, I believe you have. Oh, you missed last year, Chuck. But uh, but uh, you yeah. you've spoken spoke to most of them, and uh, it's just an absolute fun time. So please go check it out. Uh, join us. It's on. It's July twenty second, twenty third this year, and uh, it's it's at uh, in uh, Woodstock, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. And uh, I got links in the show notes for the the speakers link as well as uh, 
uh, where you can purchase tickets and come check us out. Uh, also, don't forget, we're also going to, if you wanted to come a little earlier, our friend Barry Falk has brought back the Mac Barbecue, which I can't wait. That's on July 20th, um, and he's going to have it back at his house, which is going to be so terribly exciting. And I, it hasn't been there since 2015 when I f- first met all of you for the first time. Uh, so uh, <laughs> Barry's bringing FaceTime. it back, and that's right. Well, yeah, and, and Barry, Barry's bringing it back, and uh, it's going to be a, he's he's going to have all kinds of food, great barbecue. And he's going to have a whole thing of wine tasting. So it's going to be great on there. So that link's on the site as well. You would need to sign up with them ahead of time so Barry knows you're coming. All you have to do is mention that you know him or if you know Max Stock and you're, you're in and he's going to have you uh, join us. So mm-hmm. uh, so come check us out and uh, come check out Max Stock Conference and Expo. The website is maxstockconferenceandexpo.com. And, uh, we'll keep promoting it and keep talking about it, but uh, come see us. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, David. All right. S- yes, something, something we all make. I think we all make a mistake. We say we have a lot of friends. We get to see them all. This is not a, just about us. Not just, our not just us. Right, I'm sorry. This, Thank you. Well, no, no. But, but I mean, the point is, by the end of the weekend, everybody is friends. You know, exactly. you, you, you can't whether it doesn't matter if you have a podcast or not. It doesn't matter <laughs> if you have an, an article, a, a blog mm-hmm. or not. Everybody becomes friends automatically because it's a nice boutique little conference. That it's yeah. not no shoving and pushing in lines or anything. And and that's the thing that I, I, I sometimes get concerned that we promoted so much because we'll, we are going to be so excited to see each other because we already know each other. Yeah. We're also right. excited to see all but the people there. All and the, you know, and the, new people that haven't been or like I had lovely conversations with a number of people the last time I went and spoke. Yeah. And yeah. it wasn't even like, you know, and I got to meet people that I was very excited to get to meet. Yeah. So like for the first time, uh, you know, so um, it's, it's oh. a complete blast. Yeah. I can, I can, I can tell you, I, I've had the exact same experience in 2015 when I was welcomed. I wasn't a podcaster at that time and uh, look what happened. I turned into one. So. Right. It's <laughs> contagious. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. very contagious. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Thanks so much for you guys being here, and uh, what, a, what a great show! And uh, thank, thanks for talking and letting everybody know about Max Stock here. So let's go ahead and wrap up for this week. Okay. That's a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email address, which is feedback at intouchwithios.com. You can follow us on Twitter at intouchwithios. Support the show by buying me a coffee at intouchwithios.com/coffee. We would really appreciate it. You can become a patron of the show by going to patreon.com/intouchwithios. We have two tiers available to support the show. We really appreciate it Uh, make sure you like share and subscribe so you're notified when we are live streaming which is uh, on thursday nights at 8 p.m eastern time 5 p.m pacific on our youtube channel which is youtube.com slash in touch with ios thank you to paul and thank you to guy and a lot of other great people that were in the chat room uh, tonight uh, 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 interacting with us uh, with the show um you also can watch uh, the live stream. I leave that up as well as uh, you can also listen to past shows. Uh, also visit In Touch With iOS magazine on Flipboard where many of the topics we discuss are flipped into that magazine. The link is in our show notes. You can subscribe to the show in your favorite podcatcher, including Pocket Casts, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, and many others. But better yet, go to our website at InTouchWithIOS.com where all the links to all the ways to listen to us are there. I am Dave Ginsberg, and you can find me on Mastodon at DaveG65 at Mastodon.cloud. I'm also on Twitter, DaveG65. Kelly Gomat, thank you so much for being here as always. Where can people find you? Uh, in the backyard mowing, because um, I'm going to be there for the rest <laughs> of my life now, apparently. Um, 
Uh, generally, you can find me on Mastodon. I am Verso at Mastodon.social. You can find me sometimes here, uh, sometimes heckling Chuck over on Mac Voices Live from time to time. And um, I'm not sure where else yet. Uh, hope, apparently, there's a, a whole thing there's a petition or something about trying to get me to go to illinois this summer so we'll see what happens <laughs> well, we'll be doing that post show peer pressure <laughs> peer pressure thanks for being here kelly chuck joiner and thanks as always for your support and for being here we really appreciate it what group can people find you uh macvoices.com is where you can find me uh releasing interviews from nab we're in the middle of that uh tomorrow uh, a new uh, edition of TV Plus Talk goes up in the Mac Voices feed with Charlotte Henry. Yeah. And also we're in the middle of doing the Road to Mac Talk, where we're talking to all the presenters that we can possibly get scheduled about what they will be pre- presenting at Mac Talk. Um, we also do Mac Voices Live Tuesday night with pretty much everybody here whenever they decide to show up. Kelly. Um, Tuesday, Tuesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, whatever time that is, wherever you are, on YouTube at youtube.com slash TV. And as far as anything else, you can find me on all the socials as at Chuck Joyner or at Mac Voices. Thank you, David. Great. Thank you, Chuck. And last but certainly not least, Jeff Gammon, always a pleasure to have you here. Where can people find you? Well, thanks once again for letting me come back. Um, <laughs> all right. So on the socials, Jay Gamut on Instagram and Mastodon. And uh, then for shows, uh, Chuck keeps letting me come back on Mac Voices Live on Tuesdays. So you can find me there. Then uh, on Thursdays earlier in the day, I'm your interim host on The Big Show on the British Tech Network. Then Dave keeps letting me back here on Thursday nights. And uh, then on Friday mornings, it's back to the British Tech Network to be your interim host for the Mac show. And then Brian Chaffin and I record the context machine. Also, time is such a weird, nonlinear, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey thing right now that I can't, I honestly can't tell you if it was this week's episode or last week's episode of uh, of um, Charlotte Henry show, the edition that I was on, and we talked about our favorite streaming shows. It was last week's, Jeff. Yeah. It was last it week's. Was last Thank week, you, yeah. Chuck. And it was very good too. It was a it was lot of good. fun. She has a great show. All right. Thank you, Chuck. Thanks, Jeff, and thank all of you for listening. We really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this show and. Uh, We'll come back and talk to you again soon.